Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Gamers Without Borders podcast, a podcast about video games, technology, and anything else we can think of. And my god, aren't we inconsistent? As always, I am Nick, and joining me this week is the one consistent thing about this podcast, Judge Greg. You know, inconsistency in itself could be considered consistency. That is true, yeah. It's not like we're inconsistent for six months and then we go back to being weekly. That is true. Yeah, so, so we yeah. we have that going for us, and I think yeah, I think yeah. we should celebrate that. Nobody likes to mention the part of the consistency that we do. Exactly. Yeah, no one likes the fact that we just magically appear in people's uh, podcast apps at random times. Yeah, we're the podcast that's not so often that you just want to delete it and just wait for the next one. Yeah, you, you don't have, even know when the next one's going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't know when the next one's going to be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, to give a brief explanation, it's basically my fault, because um, we did our last uh, episode in about March, and then I had all my exams and things. I have now finished university, which is terrifying, um, and so yeah, that was kind of my fault. We were, well, we were but, planning to record kind of recently, but then Greg got the Black Death. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we, I got I got straight up pneumonia. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I, so I've never had it before, so I, it, originally... I, so let me let me give the story of this. This is funny. So I was recording with Almost Better Than Silence. Shout out to those guys. Yeah. And uh, so it was me and Doug. And at that point in time, I had what I would have called a little tickle in my throat. Oh, dear. And, I mean, I guess I, I had a really, really slight fever. But, you know, given given what time of year it was, I figured it was allergies. And yeah. I So I, I, I took an ibuprofen and I had a cough drop. And if you listen to the podcast, you can actually kind of hear the cough drop in my mouth. Ooh, and, yeah. and a couple of times when my voice was was a little cracky, but other than that, you know, it was actually pretty pretty decent. And you know, the, the ibuprofen kind of took care of the fever. But I, I honestly, I just thought it was a uh, a, a mild chest cold from from allergy season because the pollen has been ridiculous here. Yeah, it's been bad here as well. But uh, so fast forward two days later, and my fever is is getting worse. And I, I'm now bedridden and, and still not actually taking real medicine or seeing a doctor. Still thinking like, wow, this is a really bad chest cold now. Oh, no. And then fast forward <laughs> two days later and I'm at the hospital. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah. So then my, uh, my, my, my temperature reached, I think, 103.6, which was bad. Ooh. And I, I had a real hard time breathing. And I mean, pneumonia is no joke. I mean, I don't. No, no, not at all. Not, not to make to make light of it. You know, like, listen, I'm 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 young enough, and I got I did get really good treatment. So you know, when I finally did get my my antibiotics, and they gave me the full Z pack, and I got breathing treatments, and I cleared up. But I mean, I mean, mm. professional wrestler Big Van Vader very recently just passed, and it mm. came from heart complications from a very severe case of pneumonia. Oh no. So it's very sobering, and I, I completely understand it because one of my bigger concerns was that my uh, my heart rate, my resting heart rate when I was in the hospital was around 110, Ooh, which is like... That is not good. Which is twice what it normally yeah. would be. I'm actually Ooh. fairly consistent at 55 beats per minute resting heart rate, so it was literally Ooh. double. So I understand yeah. the, 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 the burden that that could put on your heart, and I, I mean, just... Yeah, so I'm better now, but I I guess yeah. I didn't really appreciate really how important it is to make sure if it's anything with your lungs and it's not getting yeah. better to go see a doctor and also just how long it takes to actually recover from pneumonia because it was a good six or seven weeks before I could even 
even consider doing a podcast again. I mean, I and so yeah. I had to go on hiatus from everything, uh, including mm-hmm. Hero Talk. I only just recently got a, a new episode of Hero Talk out because I just had to keep postponing because I couldn't record. I couldn't talk this long yeah. without <laughs> coughing and hacking. Yeah, uh, but you're better now, and that's what matters. And we're back. Yep. Yep. So, so we're back. Yeah. You're you're uh, you're all graduated and all grown's up now. And well, I haven't quote, I haven't graduated yet. I graduated about two weeks, but I've got my results and stuff. So uh, yeah. Oh, I'm oh it's one of those deals where it's like you're all graduated and everything, but you haven't. And, and yeah, until I, they I hand you put... the magic piece of paper and the ceremony with the black robes, you're not really exactly. graduated. Yeah, I've not. Yeah, not done that yet. I do that in a couple of weeks. Okay. But yeah, but oh, I was yeah. This is unrelated, but everyone was very very nice and very very supportive. <laughs> I even I even got I even got some messages of congratulations from my podcasting friends, which was a surprise because I forget that a lot of them do actually have me on Facebook. So, <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a big deal. Do you, do you yeah, hear like are yeah. you, how's things going like lining up life after you graduate? Uh, we're not we're not talking about that. <laughs> yes, that's a very stressful time. I joined the Navy, so that yeah, kind of yeah. shows you my plan yeah was, uh, I, yeah i just i mean well yeah i'm just tr- trying but it's it, one of those things it doesn't turn up out of nowhere and just gonna keep plugging away and uh yeah although on a kind of related note before we get into games i will just say i won't um for professional reasons i won't name the company but um i was at a i was at a day uh to, to possibly get a job and i mentioned in passing because you always have to like introduce yourself in these things that i do a podcast and I was massively, um, and I, so I, I mentioned that I do this podcast, and everyone was really, really interested. So while I won't name the company, if by some sheer chance there are people there that met me from that day, um, hello, you forgot to tweet me. I said I'd give you a shout out if anyone actually tweeted me. But if you met me that day, I wasn't making it up, and uh, there's your proof. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. this is a real podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Definitely not just something I magically created out of nowhere to prove. No, we, we haven't been recording all these past episodes over the last twelve hours. Oh no, we, we've done it in the last like, week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine that it would be. Oh, I don't even want to know. That's, anyway, there, there are some extremes I would go to back up a lie, but this that would that, be a that, little extreme even that, for me. <laughs> yeah, that is not. And yeah, to cover our entire back catalogue, I'd have to pull about five other people. I know. Back in. <laughs> So I'm not doing that. No. But anyway, two games. Uh, I've actually played quite a few games. I know, surprise. Yeah. Um, I have played and finished God of War. So that's, uh, when you say God of War, you mean clearly the, the brand new one that everyone likes and not the game yes, from the yeah, PlayStation yes. 2 era of the same name. Yeah, the one that is jokingly called Dad of War uh, in places. Yeah, I like uh, Dad yeah. of Boy, actually. It's my yeah, favorite, Dad of Boy. My yeah, favorite joke name. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've I've heard good things. I just I'm not really sure how much. So here's here's my worry about it, and this is this, this is I, maybe this is just me becoming an old and and grizzled gamer these days. But I I see I'm like it just looks like a lot of repetitive combat over and over and over again, and really light on the story. And so I just I... wasn't all that interested. So if, if this is your chance now, because I've never really had a, an opportunity on podcast to talk to somebody who's played it, so. I mean, yeah, what's definitely. my impression? Um, I, I, I would say, and I know it's almost become a bit cliche, but this, the story really does have some depth some depth to it, and it does mm-hmm. deal with quite complex themes. And I think a lot of that came, came about from the fact that I think a lot of the people that reviewed it were of the age where they themselves had children, so they very much sympathised with the story. But even as I'm in someone who obviously that's not my case, but it's not just a... Gen- like, it's not just... Oh, this is a third-person action game, and we're shoehorning in a pretty 
terrible, a pretty thin story just to accept it. Like, there is some real depth and, and there's some real emotional scenes and I won't spoil it, but um, Kratos' son, you genuinely see him go through a real arc through that through that game. So don't think it's just... A, it is quite a deep story and it is really worth playing. And in terms of the combat, there's there's a real, real depth to that as well. Like, it, it's not just your Batman Arkham uh, or old assassin style where basically all you have to do is attack and dodge. There's some real, real depth. And actually, quite early on, I actually had to turn the difficulty down because I was just playing it on normal. But I was finding, I, I think I commented about it on Twitter, that I just didn't have the reactions and speed uh, to play it. So I did have to turn the difficulty down. But that that was just in my case. Yeah, combat is really really fun and, and really quite deep. And the, yeah, story is really really good. And I, I think I made this joke at the time, but I do love the fact that as part of the combat, your axe returns to you like a Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, which it made me which never gets old. <laughs> yeah, that, you know what? That actually, if there was one thing that was going to pull me into the game, it wasn't even yeah. like the the aspect of being a dad or any of that stuff. It's the axe because yeah. it looked yeah really cool. And I saw quite a few um, people capture uh, videos off their playstations of them yeah. like standing on a cliff and just hum chucking it. Yeah, and then just waiting it's... a second and calling it back, and that that yeah that looked like something I could do for a couple hours at a time. Yeah. And there, there, there is a really cool way that it's used in combat where you can throw it and then it, it still has collision when you pull it back. So you can like pull, you can hit someone and then pull it back and hit them a second time. Like it, it really, it really is cool to use. Yeah. So where did he get the X? Because he used to have the, uh, I think they were called the Blades of Chaos, the the the, the whippy blades. So where did where did he get the uh, axe from? Or is that I'm not that going to answer. I'm not going to answer that question because it goes into the story. Okay. Um, so yeah, but did, yeah, Wood did he steal re- it? Is that what happened? He stole it. No, he stole no, it from Thor. No, the Thor's axe. Is it Stormbreaker? Oh well, you bring up Thor, and I really can't go into it without spoiling it. I genuinely would recommend playing it because initially when it came out and I saw all the reviews, I did kind of have that moment where I thought. Hmm, when a game gets this consistently 10 out of 10s and 5 stars, it's either genuinely good or it's a bit of just kind of reviewers following suit. And I, I genuinely would put it in the former category. Really good game if, if you've got a PS. It looks incredible. It's been, a long, it's been a long time since I've stopped and used photo mode quite as much. So would thoroughly recommend it if you've got a PS4. Okay. Um, I, after being seemingly the only person left that hadn't played it, uh, did play Skyrim for a little bit, but then gave up and traded it back in after about uh, only playing it for two or so hours. I didn't. I just really didn't get on with it. I I, I came in really wanting to play like a big high fantasy uh, RPG, and, and but it just didn't click with me. I think all the time I was playing it, I was thinking, I'm very aware this is a actually now a very old game. Like it, it felt. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard. It's hard to tell. You, it felt old fashioned. Even though it had been upraised and it looked good, it just the way, it, uh, yeah, it, it was just annoying me. And um, yeah, well, you know so what? Yeah, that's did... that's completely fair. I've I actually have never played Skyrim. I believe I own it. Um, in one yeah. of his its incarnations, it's available on, on like smart fridges now. So yeah, oh yeah. And, well, and I know that's a joke for me three, but uh, I'm going to recycle it because recycling yeah. is important. And I like that's... stealing jokes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but. Um, I I think I have it on, on for Xbox and during it was when it was on sale or some point and so I know I'm going to get to it eventually. Yeah, yeah. But in in another more honest way, I'm probably still never going to play it. Yeah, that's fair. 
but I do have it, and it, it feels like a lot of my friends really, really love it, and will play it over and over again on each new platform that they buy it for. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose there's something there. I mean, there has to be, right? Because they're they're yeah they're playing something, but I'm just I just don't see it. Is is the yeah, issue? A, that was exactly my thing. It was one of those cases where like it it's beloved as a game and the franchise as a whole there's got to be like you say there's got to be something there and then it just really didn't click with me um but yeah so i i, I kind of gave up on that uh far cry 5 a uh, more recent game uh, funnily enough i put on the show notes little peek behind the curtain i put brackets annoyed after this but since i've written that things have kind of changed because basically what had happened is i had got stuck on a bit that seemingly was forcing me to be unnecessarily stealthy, but then I kind of blazed through it. Because the thing that initially had had drawn me to... I'd never played a Cry game before, but I'd heard a lot of people say it's really, really good for giving you variation and diversity in how you want to approach things. So, like, you can go in stealthy or you can go in loud. But I was finding initially that... the Partly because I don't play many first-person games, and just generally, it felt like you had to be stealthy. Like events were feeling like insta fail stealth which i hate oh like yeah I'd no prefer, i don't i, I don't prefer, like that yeah i prefer stealth games where if you're cle- if you're good enough you can fight your way out like once you've mastered the systems that you can but i think as i think i just needed to get a little bit further in and kind of just have un- unlocked a few of kind of the deep mechanics and that's kind of improved there are things that annoy me in the way it's designed like it's a big open world game that's broadly split into different kind of areas that has kind of a boss to each area uh, uh, without without going into it and there was sl- some slightly weird thing that kind of as you do more and more missions you're kind of building up more and more attention um, fr- from this boss and there was one point where in the initial stage once you build up enough uh, kind of uh, you get noticed enough you have like the air force constantly attacking you but it means it's really really difficult to just go out and explore and do all the side quests because you're getting like airstriked every five minutes oh from the and air force? Li- yeah well, or from yeah, the, the air- space force let, oh god, let's not go into that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Ronald Reagan. I had to find yeah. a find a way to drop a space force joke in there, and you made it so yeah. easy for yeah. me. Yeah, Ronald Reagan calls. He wants his Star Wars in- initiative back. <laughs> American oh. political satire. Yeah, that's what you come to this podcast for. Yeah. Uh, so, any, anyway, um, so fall, Fallout Five, huh? Far Cry Five. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So because it's... Fallout Five isn't actually a, a thing, yeah. but we'll talk about that later. Indeed, and to be fair, like I'm not, I'm not that bothered by the story. Like to be brutally honest, I'm even though this is my first time through, I literally am just put subtitles on, listen to podcasts when I'm playing it, and I'm skipping most of the cutscenes. Like I just kind of, I like that world and kind of the missions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I'm there for. Uh, yeah, so game... I, I had heard some criticism of the game where they it, it it got a bit repetitive. Like once you get to a point where you've done basically all the different types yeah. of stuff, you're just doing it again and again and again. Yeah, like there's not there's not a massive amount of variation. Like it is just like kind of attack this outpost, get this item. Like there's not a huge variation. And to be honest, it's a Ubisoft game. They're not known for that. But it's it like, but in to some ways, like in some ways, repetition is nice because if if you enjoy whatever that kind of gameplay loop is, then then you will get an enjoyment out of that. And like it's a it's a it's it's a nice world. The traversal of it is a little bit annoying, and it's 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 a shock for me because I realised how long it's been since I've played a first person game. Like mm-hmm. driving in first person feels so weird to me. Like yeah. I th- it is partly kind of that I, I 
I've so, I so tend to play third person games that it's been a bit of a shake up for me. Yeah, I actually much prefer third person games to first. It's the lack of peripheral vision really yes. really bothers me. Yeah, and that's that's why I, I don't mind third person stealth, but first person stealth annoys me no end. Because pretty much the only time you can see an enemy is if you're looking at them, and nine times out of ten, if you're looking at an enemy, it means you've been spotted. Like, yep, yep, so, that's yeah. exactly right. But it's yeah, it's kind of just I'm 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 plugging away at it, and it's and yeah, I have got thankfully got past the stage that was bugging me. I have a sneaking suspicion it has that thing where if you keep failing, it will like dynamically shift where enemies are and stuff to make it easier for you. I have a sneaking suspicion it's doing that, but I don't yeah. I don't mind that really. Yeah, no, not at all. Just don't be like, I, uh, oh, what game was it? It was L.A. Noir where they just ask you, like, hey, it seems like you're having some trouble. Do you want us yeah. to just do this for you? Yeah. Like, no, although game, I, leave me my dignity. Yeah, although I, I'm, I'm sure I must have told this story before because I always end up bringing up. But the, the one time I managed to push that to um, an extreme was Sniper Elite V2 on PC. And I, I was at what was the last level, and what you basically have to do is, is get your particular point and then uh, snipe this V2 rocket, hence the name. And I kept, I kept dying and dying and dying and failed so many times to the point where it put me in basically like the final position that you had. It basically teleported me to the final position that you had to stand in to take the last shot so you then finish the game. Like I'd failed that much that it just went, fine, we'll get rid of everyone and we'll change what you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. The the last game I've been playing, and it made, and it made me realise how long since we podcasted, because I finished this game ages ago, is Burnout Paradise on PS4. I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode. Um, I don't I don't remember, because it was months ago. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I don't I, think so. Yeah. But, because um, that was an interesting one, because Burnout Paradise was the, the more open world Burnout game, and a lot of fans of the series said it was kind of one of the best games of PS, on PS3, and really an underrated gem, and it, and it recently got remastered. And it was enjoyable, but like Far Cry, very, very repetitive. Like, you drive around and there's a, there's kind of four or five different event types that you can do. Uh, and that's kind of it. Like, it is quite repetitive, but Burnout's quite enjoyable, I think, in general, because often you get so used to racing games of having to race normally that it is quite fun in Burnout games that you do just you crash and, and you cause destruction and stuff. So it's a different... It's a, it's, a diff- it's a nice spin to do. Um, yeah. Next on my list is technically E3, but E3 is going to be kind of the main thrust of this episode, so we'll, I'll leave that for a bit. Mm-hmm. Next on the list, it's on both of our lists, uh, is Avengers Infinity War. Uh, given that Greg has just released his hero talk, I think that's the statue of limitations for discussions of this. <laughs> yeah, but once the hero talk's out there, you know that, yeah, it's it, we're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah I, I, I will be careful not to basically end up repeating a conversation with Greg because his hero talk will cover a lot of these points and I very deliberately having listened to it this morning I'm going to try and cover um, kind of different areas um, overall I enjoyed it I agree with you that I think it does get a little bit too busy I think it was always going to but it did handle it better than I was expecting um, yeah I mean not not to always compare Avengers to the Justice League movie um, yeah. and and I do I do that quite a bit and and there's there's no way around it because that's just sort of what you have to compare it to but uh um Justice League had a really hard time fitting five heroes into the same movie and yeah. so this had to do it with like 50 some yeah. more, more or less I mean if you if you include all the characters 50 some but um yeah. so I think I think it balanced it relatively well but it, one of the issues is just that you know 50 some heroes. The, yeah. They don't all get story arcs. 
So, I was going to say, the only way around that would be making the film about five hours long, which they were never going to do, so... Yeah. Yeah. The thing, I always harp on about this, the thing that really infuriates me, though, is that the fact that this was marketed for so long, it's like, this is the culmination of ten years of the MCU and all that, and it's like, okay then, uh, where's where where's the Defenders? Where are the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Come on, why are we not doing this? The, yeah, like, I'm not. I'm um, not sure that you're ever going to see the Defenders or the Agents nope. of Shield in an Avengers movie. I think they very much like to keep their TV shows as their yeah. TV. Sh- I mean, I don't even think you're going to see a Defenders and Agents of Shield crossover. No, because I think I think, I think they're now technically they're separate universes. I think. Um, Are they? But yeah, although I, I I think so because yeah, you you see no reference because fun because funnily enough, I was just about to say that the. Um, the kind of Infinity War crossover with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is so agreed. It, it makes no sense. Basically, um, minor spoilers, but I don't think anyone watches Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore apart from me, um, is that basically one of the characters becomes the um, superhero Graviton um, from the comics who controls gravity and stuff. And there's basically a point where they're showing on the news the initial fight in Infinity War in the streets of New York, and Graviton's like, I'm going to go and save these because I'm going to be the best hero, but then gets distracted and they have a fight in Chicago instead, and it's like, there's a massive fight going on in New York, why are you not going to New Like, if you're going to so obviously show that this is occurring during the events of Infinity War, why would you not get involved? Like, it's, yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but... Yeah. yeah overall, I, I, overall, I enjoyed it, um... Small side note, I'll be taking uh, Greg to court because he stole a joke from me. I uh, sure you... did. I didn't even yeah. realize I stole it till I was editing, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, that was Nick's joke. And yep. I stand by it. Yep. It was a good Avengers joke. Avengers for Captain America Darby's coming to cinemas 2019. <laughs> yeah, I was, try- I was trying to think at, at the time. I was like, I wonder if I was going to say something else, and because you had already made that joke, that was fresh in my mind because I was almost... Yeah. I think at the time I was going to say Iron Man dies, and somehow, like yeah. because you had said the joke already, I just went with Captain America dies. But yeah, and while I don't like to step on Greg's hero talk toes too much and create the most ambitious crossover in history, you were talking about how possible replacements for Thor, and you were talking about how you could do Thro- F- Frog Thor, you could do the James Foster Thor because that's now uh, a thing in the comics. But Greg, you you missed out perhaps the most important character in the uh, MCU Thor films that I think really could take up the battle in five seconds. I mean, is the character that's really the backbone of all of these films? And why do we not have Darcy Thor? No, this is just the obvious I knew, answer. I knew you were going there. There's there's a reason we don't talk about Darcy and Hero Talk anymore because <laughs> we we don't want to accidentally conjure her back into one of these movies. Uh, Darcy. <laughs> And that's the thing. The thing about Darcy is, I like Cat Dennings. Yeah, so do I. It's but just the role. It, the didn't role need is to be just. There. I mean, she's just dropping these ridiculous jokes in times yep. when I don't really don't want dropping. I mean, you have a character like that who's clearly only there just so that you can make some jokes. Yeah, and and because because and and I've 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 said this before, but uh, Natalie Portman just doesn't have a lot of chemistry in the role of Jane Foster with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, no, no, not, not at all, not at all. I, and I think, and yeah. I think that's probably a lot of the reason why she's no longer a part of the movies is because she just... Yeah. I don't think she thought she had a lot of good chemistry either, and so... Yeah. And, but she uh, yeah. also doesn't have a lot of comedic timing, and so I felt like they just no. kind of <laughs> dropped it on Darcy and, and just let... You you be the funny one. Yeah, like, to be like, she felt like... 
That feels like a character that could be at home in maybe Spider-Man, one of the Spider-Man films, that are oh, yeah. a bit more comedic, but yeah. in the Thor, like, obviously, okay, post-Thor Ragnarok, where they have tried to go a bit more comedic, maybe, but, like, yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I just, I, I wanted to deliberately get a reaction out of you, so I thought, yeah, <laughs> I'd see what you'd do. Stupid um, Darcy. Yeah, although, yeah, nothing against Kat Dennings, um, so yeah, before we get attacked by her, <laughs> I don't. I don't think she's going to attack us. She's. She yeah. seems. She seems well, very nice. Yeah. Well, we have, we're such a we're such a massive name podcast. The, mo- the most. Consistently oh, well, I mean, she clearly listens. Yes. I mean, like, obviously, and nice to have you aboard, Cat. But uh, yeah. no, I think even she doesn't like Darcy anymore. Mm, true. Uh, and then last on my list, and I've just realised that this class, this could be a momentous occasion but I'm going to leave you to explain it because I think you've finally done something that I've been bugging you to do for the past like five years um, I just last night started Luke Cage season two yeah because uh, I think that I think that debuted on Netflix literally yesterday yeah I, uh, I want I, I I saw last night people tweeting about it and so yeah I knew it yeah. was coming soon I guess I just didn't realize like it was this weekend but yeah yeah Luke Cage 2 which is a thing yeah I've watched the first two episodes, and yeah, it's kind of keeping the same style. Like, that's the the thing I really like about Luke Cage, is that it really doubles down in exploring kind of, like, Harlem as a community. Mm-hmm. Like, and kind of really goes into African-American culture and things like that, and it's really interesting. Because, like, if you compare that to, say, Daredevil, what is particularly kind of unique and interesting about Hell's Kitchen, really? Like... Hell's Kitchen doesn't have much character, whereas Harlem is almost a character in and of itself. Yeah, I, I could see it. I mean, uh, it's, it, I sometimes get a little annoyed that everything gets set in New York City, like New York City is the center of, yeah. of everything and, and everyone, because, I mean, listen, I've been to New York City. Uh, it's it's one of those places where I wouldn't I wouldn't really go if I didn't have a reason to be there. Mm, you, you know, like it's it's just it's really crowded. There's buildings everywhere. There's not a whole lot of fresh air, and there's actually not a lot of air circulation in general. So it's not yeah. it's not really the best smelling place. I mean, I don't. I'm not just knocking New York City because it's the home of the New York Yankees and screw the Yankees. But um, oh, I I am just saying it's it's really it's not one of my favorite places to be. And so yeah. when they when they try to show you like all this life in New York and and stuff like that, I just I find it so inherently unappealing. And so it's kind of nice when they can actually, like, create a neighborhood feel to it. Because, again, in Daredevil, it just felt like, yeah, it's it's just another borough in in New York that that they don't actually ever refer to as Hell's Kitchen in in day-to-day real life. But they they do um, in about every other breath in the Daredevil universe. Yeah, just because of the whole hell and the devil. Yeah. Yeah, when... We, yeah, we know we know where you're going with this. Like, yeah, like you've you've made the joke now. You you can stop. Yeah, but, but anyway, that's me. That's yeah. me done. I'll pass it over to you. I've spoken for the last twenty six minutes. <laughs> okay, so so for me, um, so I I started the Last of Us. So actually, here's another one. Before I go into the Last of Us, uh, because I, I forgot yeah. to put this in our show notes, but I did play the farewell episode of Life is Strange before the storm. And I have played it as well, so we can have a fight now. Yeah. Because we, ha- we haven't discussed this on air. We've tried to discuss this over Twitter, and Twitter is not the place for it. Yeah, so I think what it did for me is it really cemented my place in that Max really is the worst friend ever. Okay. Now, I'm not... I, I'm. 
I, I, I'm trying to refrain from just calling her the worst person ever because yeah. as as one of our friends from Almost Better Than Silas Brandon likes to point out, there are actual murderers in this game. Yes, yeah. So she's clearly not the worst person ever, but I think if you exclude like the people that are committing felonies and just yeah. look at the people in terms of how they are as as a terms of character, yeah. um Max is the worst. And I think it, this this game this game the uh, the farewell episode it it did not do much to dissuade me from that. Yeah, well, it's interesting actually because obviously you, this is well known that we disagree. But I think the the way that I reacted to that the kind of almost like the very very last shot of of, of that of that is um was like this makes no log- logical sense because is this old enough that we can that we can spoil it? Um. I don't, I'm trying to think how we can talk around... Okay, fine. If you haven't played the farewell episode of Life is Strange Before the Storm, tune out for about five minutes. We'll try not to be too long. You've been okay. warned. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Greg's official hero talk voice. It's fine. So, yeah, we we have the whole thing of... It's Chloe's dad's funeral, and Max... Max Because uh, her parents are moving, Max basically leaves as soon as the funeral is over. And my initial reaction was... There are, like, a million... Like, even if Max's parents were, like we need we have to go now because say they're moving into a new house surely max could have stayed with chloe's mom and and, and chloe for a couple of days or a week and then gone up to seattle or wherever they're supposed to be like that was like there was no way like there were so many alternative ways that that could have gone because even if max had to go eventually i i don't see why she had to go away Straight away, and I think the interesting thing, and this was raised, um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you watched the uh, Outside Extra video where they basically discussed this and they discussed their own views on Before the Storm and, and this episode. Yeah, but they which were in agreement of, with me, I, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, they, no, they, they made, agreed with me on Max, if I'm yeah, remembering that correctly. Do you remember, if were they? did they agree with me or did they agree with you? I forget which. If I remember correctly, Jane, Jane agreed with you and Luke agreed with me, so anyway. But Luke but changed po- my point of view towards the end of that. Yeah, but the point I was going to make before we get dragged back into this is that they make the very interesting point that that is one of the very rare cases, I think the only case, where we see Max's parents and we know nothing about them. And they made the interesting point that perhaps Max's parents dis- dis- didn't approve of Chloe and Chloe's family, so they pushed her away. And, and that kind of Max leaving is a ter- leaving as she did is a terrible way to do it, but I wonder if are her parents to blame. Like that's that was how I interpreted it. Yeah. Now that was it was it was a very good point. It was something I thought of when I was watching it because I mean she literally leaves Chloe graveside. Yes. Like yeah. the funeral's it, it's, done it's and she doesn't even really she doesn't even say anything to Chloe. She just I don't even remember if she hugs her or if she just like you know No, I, I think I think I think literally just slinks the away. The camera pans out and it's and it's then you see Max in, in her car. Uh, in her parents' car. Yeah, like it, yeah, like, felt, like they, they they just lower him in and like put like the first handful of dirt in Max. Like, well, I got to go. And, yeah, and she gets in her parents' car and moves away forever. Like that very second. Yeah, and and exactly. so the, the, it, yeah, and so they they made the joke on, on outside Xbox of like you know their parents like in the car honking the horn like let's go come on yeah. which is you know also a bad thing to do but then. There are aspects of that episode, like that you know, Max waited until like the last possible second to tell Chloe, yeah. and then the, even there is a a choice you could have as Max to just not tell Chloe at all, and so Chloe yeah. doesn't hear from you that you've moved away forever till she gets to her room yeah. after the funeral and sees a note you left her, a tape you left yeah. her. So 
Though yeah. this, this, the the kind of crazy thing is that I because I remember I think there's like there's two points where you can say do you want to tell her and I think I said no initially and then I think I said yes but if you say yes the whole point is then Max never gets to say it Chloe then distracts her so I'm not sure how much agency you actually have like yeah so I was I was I, surprised in that too but apparently um from the from and again I'm just going from outside Xbox and outside extras discussion. Yeah. Uh, uh, officially mandated Gamers Without Borders favorite YouTube channel. This yeah. is plural. But, uh, so they said... Come that- on our show, guys. Come on. <laughs> we can sort this out. I would love them to come on this show. I really would. So much, but I think it would just be so much fangirling. I'm not, I'm not like, really I've- sure how, how productive I'm going to be in a conversation with Luke and Jane, and or Luke yeah. and Ellen, so... Yeah, anyway. it's, it's, we, we'd never get anything done. Although, interestingly, <laughs> apparently, in either scenario, I've decided Luke is a must. He's the deal-breaker here. <laughs> I'm not not really sure why, but Luke, hey, why don't you come on the podcast? You'll have fun. Anyway. I, thi- I, I think we all know it's because you tweeted about that uh, Link is Doom guy, and you, and you got retweeted or liked, and I think it made your day. That's that's secretly why. I did. I actually, I believe, I, I, I can't remember if it was a retweet or a like, because it was a while ago, but that was Luke's theory, and I loved it, and I said, I've, yeah. I said it was officially canon, and I, I got some acknowledgement from them on that, so yeah. I'm going to take that. But anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, one of the things they said is that if in the second time you get the choice, if you decide, no, I'm not going to tell her, then she really literally doesn't tell her, and it doesn't come up at all. And so it changes the tape that Max leaves Chloe at the very end. And so instead of being like, oh, I'm really so sorry that I can't be there for you, it it turns into, I'm so sorry you had to hear it this way, but I'm moving away forever, and I'm already left, and I'm gone. Yeah. Well, this is a little bit of a tangent, but you just reminded me because there was an interesting point of in before the storm in general. Because obviously that the whole because it didn't have the time travel mechanic, it had that that basically argument mechanic. Yeah, and it di- and it did kind of. I think it kind of ruined the choice element a bit because it's like any time where it gave you one of those options, it's clear it wanted you to pick that option to kind of give you something to do. Mm-hmm. And um, again, spoilers for before the storm if you've not played it. The scene where you're uh, having a meal with Rachel's Amber, Amber's parents, and it's like, do you tell? Do you kind of? I think it's like, do you tell the family that you know that his dad has met with Rachel's biological mom or something? And I think it's something like it, he very clearly the game wants you to say yes, start the argument because it's saying use that. But I was like, you're a guest in someone's home, you can't re- just start insulting people. So I said no, but then it was really, really clear that the game wanted you to say yes. Because it, had, it had, he was using that mechanic, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's that's always rankled me a little bit. But anyway, we had just had a massive tangent. Talk about the Last of Us. All right, so Last of Us. Uh, so I, I I liked the Last of Us. Yeah. I think there are uh, there there apparently was a lot more going on in this game that impacted other people more than me that I, I noticed because a lot of people. Um, when I first announced that I was going to play it, not that I typically announce when I'm going to play games, but just since this is a game that I have been told so many times you have to play it, and I said, oh, I promise yeah. I will eventually get this one, I felt like I should toss that on Twitter for all the people that have been constantly telling me I need to yeah. play it. I feel like it had more impact for them than it did for me, and I, I'm i not really sure what was the initial cause of that, but I just... yeah. I, I, I mean, listen, I get it. And, like, the initial, the the opening scene of The Last of Us, like, you know, which is kind of set during... That was very emotionally impactful, I I will say. I I definitely felt it there. And I I was at one point thinking, like, oh, no, is the whole game going to be like this? 
And the yeah. answer is no. It is not. The whole game is not like that. There's there's some sad stuff that happens, and there's some deep, heavy stuff. But I, mm. I found a lot of times, like, I was less interested in the gameplay and more interested in trying to continue the story. Yeah. And I was also very frustrated, and maybe this is just because I play Life is Strange and Telltale games all the time, but yeah. th- during the cutscenes, I never got a dialogue prompt, and I guess kept yeah. waiting for one. Uh, yeah. But, I, it's, I, I mean, the yeah. the ending, I'm, I gotta, I got to do the ending. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but the ending had definitely had some controversy for some people, and yeah. I yeah. guess I just didn't see it, and maybe that's where being a parent kind of changed it for me, because I got, a, I got a lot of comments on the ending basically saying, like, well, it... You know the 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 logic of it isn't there, and I was like, yeah. But at this point, Joel's not acting as a logical parent, so no. In, no. in the context of his character and who he is, I get it, and I think by doing that, I was able to sort of let go of the idea that you know people would have rather seen a different type of ending, and they felt cheated out of some player agency. But I think because mm. that's the choice I would have made given player agency, it didn't bother me. Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, kind of like you say, it's a it's a game I've not played, but um, people have always kind of said, "Why the hell don't you play it? It's a, it's a third person action game made by Naughty Dog. You love Uncharted so much. Why have you never played it?" And the thing that's always put me off slightly is that I know that a lot of people say the stealth is a little bit wonky. Oh, and the stealth that, is super wonky. Yeah, yeah, and I know that I think because this was being I think this was being made between Uncharted Two and Uncharted Three. I think. And I'm always reminded of the sequence at the beginning of Uncharted 2, the really terrible insta-fail four stealth sequence in the museum at the beginning of Uncharted 2. And I've played Uncharted 2 three or four times through, and I always get stuck on that sequence. And I was like, I don't want to play a game with that level of stealth, because it's going to frustrate me so much that no matter how deep the story is, I'm going to want to throw my controller out the window. So I've never wanted to play it for that reason. Yeah, I I will say, I, I changed the way I do stealth in Last of Us, because I'm, I normally don't mind stealth, but uh, what what I did is my strategy sort of shifted from how do I find a way to take everybody out into how do I create as much damage as possible so when I inevitably fail stealth, I will be able to use combat to get out of it and and finish yeah. the situation. So I I did a lot of throwing like bombs and Molotov cocktails, which are typically not really my play style. But I yeah. did a lot of that in this game because it was all about doing the most damage before I inevitably failed stealth somewhere. So yeah, it, it, that's it's interesting. And um, so I've been now transition. Uh, I've also been playing Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, I'm interested for your opinions on this. Yeah, so this was this was a game that I thought was a slow starter because when I first played it, and I played maybe the first 45 minutes to an hour, I thought, oh no, this is a dud. I'm not. I'm not relating yeah. to this at all. I don't know if this is going to work out. And then I stuck with it because, you know, I paid good money for it. And yeah. I, it eventually, it really started sort of clicking with me. But it just, it's one of those games where, and I, I, I almost hate to say it, but you should avoid the side quests for a certain length of time until you've let the main story sort of establish enough resources yeah. for you so that you can actually you know, do your thing because I mean, there's a while there where you don't have the assassin blade. Yeah. That, that was something that kind of confused me for ages. And I remember unity did the same thing. And I've played so many Assassin's Creed games that I got so used to being able to assassinate from the start 
that that you forget that you can't, and it is something to adjust. Yeah, and it was it's it's very hard to start to do the, some of those side missions when you don't really have that ability. And it was, you know, I also got kind of frustrated with the fact that the, it's such a big deal when you finally get the blade, but there's no real true explanation for it. It's just like. Hey, here's a thing we have, and then you get it, yeah. and then you have the the yeah. blade. And I'm like, oh, that's okay, I mm. guess. Um, and again, and we've mentioned this in the podcast before, is that I was always under the impression that you remove your finger so that the hidden blade can just come up through your fist. Yeah, and that was not the case here. The finger removal was more symbolic than anything else. So, yeah. But anyway, that's that's just a real big nitpick from the first Assassin's Creed game to this game. But I did like the game. I did. I've I've played through the entire story um, on yeah. on the uh, the campaign, and I'm actually in the middle of one of the DLCs right now. So okay, yeah. And, and I, I, I yeah. You didn't? Did you play those? No, not, not the DLCs. Um, they're. I mean, they're good. Uh, I I will say yeah. that if you don't play them, I I don't really think you're going to find yourself missing an awful lot in terms of an incomplete experience. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's it does it does it in classic DLC uh, fashion, which is what I'm not going to knock it because I like it because it's not yeah. it's not like there's this whole section of the map that finally gets unlocked to you because you have the DLC. Yeah, you know, it's it's really like they you get called somewhere else. Uh, okay. So you yeah. get on a boat and then you you're in this brand new and it's another it's a pretty large map too, but it's a whole new map that you're on. Yeah, so you it doesn't feel like. They they locked away part of the world from me. So if you didn't get the mm. DLC, you still feel like you had a full world experience in the game that you had, and, yeah. and not like something was locked off to you and waiting for you to to unlock it with your money. Looking at you, Bioware. <laughs> yeah, I always got really annoyed because for ages I thought I hadn't properly finished the story of that game. Because I think when you do like the bit spot minus spoilers, when you do the last modern day sequence, I think you fight a load of people away, and then it's like oh, we're waiting to go on a helicopter and then we're going to fly off and go somewhere. And I'm assuming that that would happen, and it never does. Yeah, that's that's you, that's you, a thing. Is like They, they definitely they make it seem like, oh, well, you know, we are eventually going to leave this modern-day place. And, and she yeah. almost out of spite says, oh, I don't want to deal with you, so I'm just going to go in the Animus till that happens. Yeah, and because it didn't make it very clear, I was like, oh, have I got to, like, finish off missions before they'll do, I can do the next modern bit? And, yeah, it wasn't very clear. No, no, it's just that's that's the end of the modern stuff, and then you yeah. you do the, the other thing. I mean, I don't know how much that's going to play into later games or Odyssey, if it does at all. Yeah. But well, just, just, to, just to briefly mention Odyssey, because obviously it was announced at E3, and I was kind of like, meh. Like, the fact it's an Assassin's Creed game in and of itself is kind of not news, because we always get them, and the setting, I was kind of like, well... I, it would kind of depend on what mechanics they brought in. And funny enough, just this morning, um, again, outside Xbox, a shout out to them, put up half an hour's worth of gameplay footage. And I will say that some of the new um, mechanics and stuff do it really interesting. And I love the fact that you can Spartan kick people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it looks but, fun. It just, I'm not really sure how Assassin's creed it's going to be because, I mean, it, yeah. it, it's before Origins. So there's there's no hidden blade or anything so i don't really know yeah i yeah. apparently read somewhere that the kind of what they're doing currently is origins was supposed to show the origins of the hidden blade and odyssey is supposed to be the origins of eagle vision apparently <laughs> that is what genuinely that is what i've heard that it's um yeah 
Yeah, so I, I don't know. We'll see. It looks but, interesting enough. So anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. I have been playing Assassin's Creed Origins, and since I was sick for a while, I did get to watch all of Luke Cage, uh, the wait, first wait, season. Wait, 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 finally, finally, you finally and, done it. I finally did it, and I uh, and I also watched all of Iron Fist, oh. and that one was not as good. No, it is not. <laughs> it is. You know, oh, my biggest I, issue Iron with Fist. Iron Fist, I'm going to tell you this right now, because I may never yeah. do a hero talk on it, because I don't want to ever have to rewatch it, but there was a period where there was, like, a really big story element when Iron Fist gets hurt, and he's, like, stabbed in the back or something, and they have yeah. to, like, staple it shut, and then while he's hurt, and while he's saying, I'm not going to a hospital, and even to the point where they're saying... Um, it was a big deal that he didn't get antibiotics, and that caused a lot of issues for them story rise because because yeah. of the uh, because of the antibiotics. And then he decides to completely forego going to the hospital because he'd rather go after the hand. And some stuff yeah. happens, and then we see him the next morning, and not a mark on him. Yeah, and that was just. I'd- uh, that's so ridiculous. I'm like, so did we just? Am I supposed to just forget that he got stabbed earlier, and that was yeah. that was a major a, story point? And it's especially egregious when Daredevil, unlike a lot of movie and TVs, actually took injuries seriously. That like quite often you see him get injured, he's kind of partly healed, but then um, he gets hurt again, like reopens wounds and stuff. And it is more realistic than most portrayals. So the fact that kind of they don't bring that over to Iron Fist is is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's straight up like they show him the next day with his shirt off and there's not a mark on him. Yeah. And and so it just kind of bothered me. It really felt like either the writers or somebody just said, no, no, we're done with that now. Now he doesn't have any scars. There was no consistency there. And I mean, that's... That's pretty glaring, and also, I'm really, really sick of him calling himself the Iron Fist. Oh, God, yeah. Just, yeah. It's because Danny Rand is such a bland He man. is such a boring, awful character, and just, I don't I, I don't like him at all. He's irritating yeah. as all get out. I didn't like any of the other characters. Oh, none, none, none of the villains, I mean, with the exception Ooh. of Madame Gao, because obviously she's awesome. But yeah. everybody else was terrible, and I hated them. And... Yeah. I'm objectively stating that it was uh, one of the the worst show, the worst show that that Netflix has put out for Marvel. So yeah, one thing I'm preparing myself for, and I won't consider this a spoiler because it is literally in the little episode synopsis that they put on Netflix. Uh, Iron Fist turns up in Luke Cage season two later on, according to an episode description. Oh, okay. So I'm kind of hoping if maybe the Luke Cage writers can do something half decent with Iron Fist. I I mean I. It, that's know. one of the other things that I think is very important yeah. to point out was that, you know, in the comic books, Luke Cage and Iron Fist are a thing. They're they're best friends. They're inseparable, and you know, they're heroes for hire. And when I was watching Iron Fist, I kept thinking, I don't see how Luke Cage is going to stand to put up with this guy. Yeah. So I mean, I guess it's cool that he shows up in Luke Cage because I mean, it's not like I want Luke Cage showing up in an Iron Fist because I don't want Ooh. another Iron Fist. <laughs> But nope. if we're if, if this is a character I'm going to have to deal with, at least let me yes. deal with him in Luke Cage's um, in Luke Cage's brand, where maybe something better can happen with him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah, and then Avengers, which we've talked about, and the Hero Talk yep. just dropped last night, so you can listen to that yep. over at enthusiasts.com, and that's that's what I've been up to. There we go. Yeah, I can can confirm it's a very good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Thank you. Um, so on to, on to news. Um, the majority of this will be taken up by E3, but one other bit of news, because it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, Life is Strange 2 has been officially confirmed. With the first episode, it will be five episode series, uh, season as last time, coming out in September. Yeah, this is and this was interesting. I mean, kind of piggybacking off E three because E three did announce the. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if I'd call it a prequel or a a an, yeah. A prologue. All they've, yeah, all they've said to to explain um, the don't nod. The developers have announced that they are launching a free game, um, free to download, called Captain Spirit. We have no idea what's it about, but what they've said is it's set in the Life is Strange universe. And it's implied that it might be setting things up for season two. So I believe I, I heard an official announcement from Don't Nod that your save file from Captain yeah. Spirit can be read by Life is Strange Two, so some of yeah. your choices can carry into that, whatever that mm. means. Because sometimes yeah. that means something big, and sometimes it's something ridiculously little. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what significance to place on that announcement, but that yeah. is significant. Yeah. Because we know nothing, I think, just briefly, we should say, what would you like Life is Strange 2 to be? Uh, I, I guess I would prefer if Life is Strange 2... First of all, I want I want some kind of weird powers back. I've yes. I, As much as I enjoyed Before the Storm and I like playing as Chloe, the time travel is what really made that game very unique to me, and I'd like yeah. it back. Not necessarily yeah. the time travel thing, but maybe a different... Um, a different super skill or something. I don't know. Just yeah. just something else to make it a little bit different than just, you know, teen girls with problems. As much as yeah, I well, love, be... you know, trying to empathize yeah. and put myself in the shoes of a teen girl with problems. Um, yeah. I, I do. I would like a little bit of a, a little bit of a twist there to to try to keep me engaged. Yeah. And I think to be fa- I think to be fair, that's almost pretty much guaranteed because these days with the explosion of Telltale and decision-based games generally, you can't you can't make just a vanilla decision-making game anymore. Like, I think Life is Strange stood out because it had the time travel mechanic, so I think we can almost guarantee that they'll do some kind of extra mechanic yeah. for the second season. So, so I want the powers back, and I, I would prefer to maybe get it... I, I feel like I've I've seen what Arcadia Bay has to offer, offer so I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to get somewhere else. And I mean, maybe you don't even mention Arcadia. Like the problem is, you you the endings at the end of Life is Strange were so wildly divergent from each other yeah. that there's no way to just hand wave or make it seem like no, whatever you, you chose didn't matter. So you just got to yeah, put it somewhere we'll- else. I was going to say, yeah, if they set, if they try to link it in any way to Arcadia Bay or Max and Chloe, you'd effectively be saying one ending is canon and one ending isn't, which would basically end up just annoying half your fan base. So I don't think they, I don't think they're going to touch no. uh, Arcadia About Bay at all. The only thing they could possibly do that would not not establish a certain canon is if all the way out where Life is Strange Two is happening, there are still Rachel Amber missing posters. Because they were yeah, everywhere, like, so I imagine that Chloe probably like road tripped or something. Yeah, or if maybe the character that we play as has some link to Blackwell, like was maybe a student and then dropped out, or like I I think they might do something little like that, but they they can't do anything too tangible. No, but I mean, given that every everybody literally everybody knew Rachel Amber. Um, yes. I think I could find it reasonable to believe that even in another part of the country, completely unconnected, they still knew Rachel Amber. 
Yeah, she does seem to have this kind of weird omnipresence to her. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's sort of what I'm hoping for. But I mean, I I don't know. It, this this announcement came out of the blue. I didn't realize it was yeah. this close. So I'm a little bit excited no, I, I, for it. I, I, I don't think anyone did because I think the fact they were working on it got announced last year. It might even have been last E3. Mm-hmm. But then we didn't hear anything, and people were kind of distracted by before the storm. And they've kind of said, right, here we go. And I think it's quite nice that they didn't make this announcement and then say, okay, it's 18 months away. Yeah, I, I'm, like, I'm really hoping that it's uh, they release the episodes a little faster because in the, in the first Life is Strange, I actually waited for them all to come out before I played it because I didn't want to yeah. I didn't want to wait too long between episodes. And I when I actually checked release dates, it was a good nine months between the first episode and the last episode. Yeah. It's it's funny, I'm actually kind of the reverse, because I also waited till the end. But looking back, I I, re- I really missed out of kind of not being directly part of the community, because kind of the one advantage is in those few months in between, you get people discussing and kind of theorizing, and I kind of missed out not being part of that. Like, it was only when I then played it myself, I was like, oh god, I now understand why everyone was yeah. flipping out so much when, like, episode three came out and all that. And Yeah, I, I, I suppose... You know, yeah, there's something to that, but yeah. I guess I just, um, I, I really appreciated the ability to be, to, you know, end on a cliffhanger and be like, oh no, I wonder what happens next. I guess I'll find out right now. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, we, we, we honestly don't know. I think, don't not have said they're going to, um, give more details in August. Yeah, they, they said absolutely no sooner than August, so we'll see. Yeah. But apparently it's going to be up for pre-order next week. Of course it is, and there's going to be a collector's edition, I'm assuming, because that's that's what we yeah. do now. Probably yeah. a vinyl Although edition, I because I know people yeah. love the vinyl edition. Yeah, I can't even be get to Iowa because I do have the limited edition of the first season with the soundtrack. It is a very good soundtrack, I'll give you that. It is. I, th- I think Doug summed it up perfectly on the most recent Almost Better Than Science, where he says, you'll play the game and you'll listen to that soundtrack non-stop for a week. And feel lots of things, and then kind of not listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> like th- there are a couple of songs on that soundtrack where I'm like, I don't want to listen to that because it just makes me sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, so moving on to what was supposed to be the kind of key part of this episode, but we're almost an hour in, so it proves that we can ramble about anything. But E3, E3, E3 happened. happened. Yeah, that was a thing that happened with things. Yeah, lots of games got announced and things. Lots of games. I, I, I can say though, I think probably I could count on one hand the number of games that really piqued my interest. Agreed. I, and and that's, I mean, there, there's some big news, like you know, Microsoft bought um, all the studios. Yeah, that that is very So, I mean, we'll see what that means for them, but I mean, unless you have a game attached to it, it doesn't say an awful lot. Yeah. Um let's let's I, see what's some big stuff. Mm. Uh Bungie was coming out with another Halo game. Yeah, but the trailer doesn't really show anything. Yeah, but we don't know anything about it, so I don't know Halo Wars 3, I don't I don't really care. Um Yeah. Let's see. There was uh so Cyberpunk 2077 looked really cool, yep. and then I found out it was a first-person game and now I have no interest. Yeah, I was. I, yeah, I was gonna say if if that if that game was basically futuristic Witcher, I would be all over that. Yeah, and that's what I think a lot of people were hoping it was going to be. And then yeah. when it turned out that that was not the case, then I think a lot of people lost. I I definitely lost interest. I can't speak for a lot of people, but I lost interest. Yeah. Um, Captain yeah. Spirit looked pretty cool, so there was always that. Um, I'm trying yeah. to think what other games really really caught my eye. Last of Us Two, obviously. 
Oh yeah, made half the internet explode because you know reasons. Let's just yeah, we're not. Let's not have this. Uh, I don't want to get into that here because yeah, no, let's not do this here. It's not. A, it's it's not, not a real thing that people who no yeah no. Um, I, I'm sorry. I, I will say I I can't remember who who tweeted it, but I saw the most hilariously narrow-minded. It was a it was a YouTube comment on the trailer that was just like. Girls can be friends and kiss each other. It doesn't mean anything, and it's just like, oh, good God, what is just people? What is wrong with humanity? Yeah, I, I think the the one thing I will say about that, and I think this is kind of important, is just in the context of I had just been playing Life is Strange, yes, and then I come off of that, and and you so you sort of see the kiss, and I just think I have a type, don't I? Yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. Well, we... There's there's a certain kind of character that I can really connect to. And apparently yeah. it's angsty teenage girls and their girlfriends. Yeah, like, which is weird because that's like the polar opposite of you or I. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I guess I I, I guess that's, I have a type. type. And that's all I can say is that's yeah. just apparently that's who I like to play games as and those are the characters that I connect the most with. So yeah. make of that what you will, but I, w- I will say, and, and this I was thinking about it when I played the DLC for uh, The Last of Us um, because you play that DLC as Ellie. Yeah, and and so it's not really a surprise, you know, because it it you yeah. know Ellie had uh was just sort of discovering her feelings uh, for for her friend in in that game, and so it wasn't really a surprise to me. But I think for a lot of people who clearly didn't play the DLC, they they figured all this stuff out at the E3 yeah. trailer, and so. It, I guess they didn't really work through their feelings yet. Not that I really had a lot of feelings to work through, other than, again, just I just noted, I'm like, well, I guess I have a oh, type yeah, of. Yeah. I yeah. I know my I know my principal protagonist character type now, so yeah, that that's that's fun. I would have I would have thought it'd be like the grizzled space navy marine or something, but uh, no, yeah, yeah. space force. Thought, yeah, <laughs> let we'll do a space force episode. <laughs> episode 49 will be called Space Force so, and we'll talk yeah. about this. So, something important to note is that, you know, when something as ridiculous as the Space Force gets announced, um, <sighs> uh, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that are veterans, obviously, because I yeah. served for a while. And so the jokes have been really great. And a lot of people were saying, yeah, I will I will totally re-enlist if there's a Space Force because I just have to see yeah. this for myself. Fair enough. Um, but, um, yeah, so what, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, sorry, I'm going but through yeah, the list to see. Say, Any, uh, did anything really, like, stand yeah. out to you? Well, that's the thing. I kind of feel bad that the only games that stood out to me and that I kind of looked for were games that had already been announced, and it's just that they showed off more footage mm-hmm. at E3. So the major ones were Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is coming out in September, mm-hmm. which just looks like they're kind of it's yeah they're just iterating and improving upon the mechanics and stuff. But yep. It's not going to be drastically different, but that's all I want. Uh, F1 2018, same thing. It's mm-hmm. it's actually quite funny that I normally in the past don't tend to buy yearly sports games year on year but the last few F1 games have been good enough and I, I like what they're doing and the only kind of slight dark horse is the Spider-Man game oh yeah so Spider-Man having, that looked amazing but it's, it's yeah, looked amazing ha- having now seen yeah. footage of it, it it looks incredible Yeah, I mean that that was always sort of going to be on my list so it was nice to see some yeah. footage and cement that so, so one thing we have to talk about is Fallout 76 Okay. You want to talk about taking me from I'm really hyped to zero interest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the entire the entire internet went Ooh, no. Yeah, I mean basically when yeah. when they, they announced it and like people stayed up all night watching that stupid counter on Twitch. 
Yep. Just so they could yeah. finally see the trailer when it came on. And it finally came on, and it looked like, oh, so 76, and people looked up the lore of Vault 76, and they were the, basically the control vault and the first ones that were released to reestablish humanity. And it's an interesting yeah. concept and set in West Virginia, and so they got to use that song. Um, yep. And then they announce, well, first of all, the, the leaks came that it was going to be uh, Rust-like, which uh, gave yeah. people some concern. And then it was like, now it's going to be this always online experience and multiplayer, but small groups of multiplayer, like 12 characters or so, yeah. and you could have private servers. And it all feels like a big, giant backpedal from being always online. And yeah. I just, I don't want to play. And then they say things like, well, you it's also, you can do a completely single player experience, but there's no NPCs. So yeah. I'm not sure what the point is. And I, I don't, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I do not want an always online Fallout experience with multiplayer. And as a result, yeah. I am probably going to skip this game altogether. Yeah. Because I think one of the most one of the interesting development I heard, because obviously the leaks were coming out and, it, and things weren't being confirmed, because there was a joke going around for ages of someone saying, "Oh God, is it going to be a battle royale game?" But someone made the point of this game has probably been in development for two or three years, so you need to look back at the trends for games of two or three years ago to see what this game will likely be. And a lot of people are saying, even though they've only come out recently, look at survival games like State of Decay 2 and Metal Gear Survive that's more likely what it was being based off as opposed to games that have come games that have only really been developed much more recently mm -hmm. but yeah, I have no interest I never played a Fallout game not, yeah. not really my thing um, I mean I, I love Fallout Fallout 3 is one of my favorite games um, of all time yeah and Fallout 4 was fun, though a little bit disappointing in, in that. And there's, there was just some game decisions there that made it a little bit more repetitive than it needed to be. But yeah, I guess I just I had a really hard time with it. And one more thing, I have to mention this before we move on, is that yeah, uh, Hideo Kojima. Yeah, it's funny. This was going to dovetail into what I wanted to say, so go ahead, Death it's, Stranding. You know, with Death Stranding, you, you, can, you can be mysterious and weird, and that can get you so far. But yeah. if every time you try to show us something, you're trying to be more mysterious and more cryptic and more weird, eventually yeah. you're just going to – I'm just going to lose interest and be like, I, you know what? I don't even care what this game is anymore. And I have I officially hit that point at 8.3 where yeah. – no, officially don't care. I don't care what you're doing. Yeah. If this is how you're going to play it, then I have no interest in your game. Yeah. Well, do you want my ridiculous behind-the-scenes lukewarm take about this? Do E3? I? And if we yeah, of course I do. If if we if only we had a jingle, but we don't. <laughs> is that this this um, E3 bears all the hallmarks of an E3 that is straddling a console generation? Because people already started talking when Sony came out and said, I think they said that there's about three years left in the PS4's lifespan, mm -hmm. and it's just if you look, there's a lot of major games that seem very far off. Death Stranding not had a tangible release date. Kingdom Hearts 3 delayed again. Mm -hmm. um, what's the other one? Beyond Good and Evil 2. Again, a game that's been stuck in development hell. and is not. Th this, to me, bears the hallmarks of there was a lot of games where in an ideal world, they would say, this will be coming out on the PS5 and the Xbox 2, but they can't because they haven't been the consoles haven't been announced yet. Yeah, so I, yeah, if I, that's if I the were feeling a, I get. If I were a betting man... And I've, yeah. I've seen some reports and some estimates and some like some some rumors confirming this. So I feel a little bit more accurate. But this was my guess was that 
we were going to see new consoles hit the shelves in 2020. Yeah, that's that's what my, that's what most people are thinking. And so, and con- because they need to announce them, and they need to have the build up, and they need to do all of their hype stuff. So, I think yeah. next E3 is going to be all about the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Two. I don't, who, knows I don't, who knows what they'll call you know maybe they should have just stuck with Scorpio that was a good name that would have yeah, worked much well. better name but yeah. but anyway so they'll have to talk about whatever and I think we're going to see that and then the next E3 will be all about what games they want and I think we'll probably see those consoles either they'll either release in the spring and so the, the next E3 the 2020 E3 will be all about the brand new games for them yeah, or they'll release yeah. for the holiday season, and then the next E3 will be all about the launch titles. Yeah, because at any time we have a hardware-focused E3, they tend to say, this is all the things we're working on. Like, they'll say what the launch titles are, but they'll then say, don't worry if you don't like the look of the launch titles, because we're developing 30 uh, titles, Yeah, but they just won't be out for six months. Yeah, I just... But, um, it, man, it feels, yeah, it that, feels like why... this console generation was so short, but I guess when you look at it, I mean, it was yeah, about... Yeah, I mean... W- how how long ago did these things come out? Five years ago. I'm gonna unprofessionally Google it right now. All right. Uh, I'm just gonna talk while you Google stuff. Vamp, vamp. Um, <laughs> well, what's going on? on? Can... How are you folks doing out there? If you want to call in uh... and give us your sports predictions, I. Right. Okay. <laughs> so the PS the PS4 um, launched in North America on Jesus November fifteenth, twenty thirteen. Oh, Damn. are you serious? 2013? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, this was a full console generation then. Yeah, because I, I, I the, the date that was going around my head was 2015, and so a 2020 endpoint would make sense. But yeah, 2015 is, uh, 2013 is early. Yeah. All right. So, you know what? I guess, I guess Wait, the, so the, the is... lesson here is if you want to get a full generation out of your console, buy at launch. Yeah, because I was just double checking because the... Um, the PS3 was to end of 2006. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it does kind of stack up. It's about five, six years. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I get that that's a lot of money to pay every five or six years, but it's still nothing compared to what the PC gamers are trying to do. So No, no, not at all. So, I, um, I mean, I guess I'm not that upset by it. I, I still have it, you know, I, I leave every generation with a ton of games that I'm never going to play. And yes. I'm really trying to get around that. I've, I've adapted a new mantra whenever I look at my stack of shame. And as I look at it and I say... This all used to be money. Yeah. And and that is that has helped deter me from just buying games just because they're there and available and on sale and to only yeah. buy games I'm going to play. And as a result, I've actually planned out my gaming for the next couple of years based entirely off of games that are announced that I know I'm going to buy and games that I already yeah. own. And doing so yeah. has talked me out of buying some games I probably would have purchased otherwise. So go me. Yeah. Yeah, in a similar vein, I've embraced trading in a lot, a lot more mm-hmm. because while you're obviously ne- you're never going to get the full market value back, but I think when you're going to buy a new game and you think, oh god, it's fifty quid, it's it's a huge investment to just knock like ten twenty percent off of that by trading in games that you know you're not going to play again does kind of lessen the blow. Yeah, I mean, I, I get I, it. Yeah. I, I I kind of I went the full digital route that just sort of I wanted to sort of minimize the space that these games were taking up. Yeah, because man, my my, it, I did this after I was trying to clear out my 360 and PlayStation Three games, and I was trying to put yeah. them all in sleeves, and so I had the big giant pile of boxes, okay. and I was trying, you know, I trying to put them all in sleeves so that they could be stacked and a little more compact. And I thought, like, but well, this is ridiculous. 
I, yeah. I, I'm just going to go digital from now on. I think that's just easier. Yeah. And while it was easier, it also, when I can buy a game and it just kind of exists in the ether, I, yeah. I, I guess I, I maybe was being a little bit more hordish with it. And so, yeah. So I developed my, yeah. new, my new style, but anyway, that's, I mean that that's all I've got on E3. So unless you yeah. got anything I, just else. to make one last point, that's kind of yeah, the biggest kind of gaming collecting mistake I think I ever made is that I have quite a lot of 3DS and DS games, even though I barely play my DS. Mm. But because mm. all the boxes took up loads of space, I got rid of all the boxes and and just bought like a kind of like a book folder thing for the cartridges. Yep. But it means I but it means I can't I can't trade in any of them in because you need the boxes to, to trade yes, them in. They do. won't take just the cartridges. So I've now got the games I can never get rid of. <laughs> but I did just yeah. I did just want to say the unsung hero of uh in in one very specific aspect of E three is Nintendo because they announced uh Super Smash Bros. Ultimate that has every single character in it from previous games, including by some black magic snake. Yeah, I, Actually, that was and, my first question. They said every character I'm like, so snake? Snake? Yeah, and... Snake! Exactly. And the even more surprising thing is they've actually got David Hayter, who's the original voice actor for Snake, in to do it, despite the fact that in Metal Gear Solid Five, the most recent one, he was voiced by Keith Sutherland. So I'm quite surprised that they even got David Hayter back in as yeah, well. Yeah, good for them. Now, I, <laughs> yeah. although apparently there are some Waluigi fans that are not happy. Oh, I, I, I am one of them. <laughs> this is... <laughs> I, I am Team Waluigi. I, I will say that you know when when you when you have so many characters in your game, including Sonic the Hedgehog and Mega Man and Snake, yeah. and you somehow yeah. don't have Waluigi, it it it, yeah. it does beg the question of so so what are you waiting on? I mean, you have yeah. Princess Daisy in this game, but not Waluigi. Yeah, I am baffled that the the Ridley joke finally came true as well. Yes. <laughs> Like I just, uh, I I don't. Oh, you know, I've I love yeah. Smash Brothers as a concept. Yeah. I don't tend to like it as much in practice. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's one of the few kind of genuine party games, and that it is fun if you can get people together and yeah and play it. Yeah, no, I I get it's just, and uh, you know, yeah. anyway, I'm uh, yeah. anyway. Yeah, I think we're done with E3 because we've been going for an hour and ten minutes, and we still and got we, lots of yeah, questions. Lots of which questions is great. from from our I amazing like community. I like questions. Yeah, our community that just doesn't care that we uh, that we they are don't they talk tolerate us despite the fact that we will give them a new episode uh, once in a blue moon, almost literally yeah, every every fiscal quarter. <laughs> every fiscal quarter. That's right. Yep. Anyway, so the first question comes from the Monster Closet podcast, and they ask, "Why does Judge Greg never take his helmet off?" I will. Uh, uh, it's because I'm bald. I, my, my theory was it's kind of an Ark of the Covenant style thing. <laughs> that, uh, if, you, if, if you took it off, there'd be like some face melting stuff. Because no, because yeah, just people, old and balding. Yeah. Don't want people to see Fair it. Enough. So keep yeah, the helmet cause, on cause all people, the time. Yeah, people. Yeah, people behind the curtain. I think Greg, you must know what I look like in real life. I'm sure you've seen. I have seen pictures of, of you. Yeah. Place. I mean, yeah, I, whereas I... You can see the bottom was, of my face in my Twitter I was going to say, yeah, I, I know what Greg's jaw looks like, <laughs> yeah. which is exciting. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I'm going on to the Covenant, mm-hmm. but that's just me. Okay. Uh, yeah, fellow enthusiast Axelon asked, what is your most hyped game of E3 and why is it Devil May Cry 5? All right, so Axelon, buddy. Uh, there are so many reasons why it's not Devil May Cry Five. Yeah, I, I I couldn't give less of 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 anything about Devil May Cry. Uh, yeah, if I if I had to pick my favorite of or my most hyped game, 
I mean, it's probably yeah. a toss-up between Last of Us 2 or Spider-Man. Yeah, I think it's going to be Spider-Man for yeah. me. It's it's hard to not so, say yeah. Spider-Man because that game there's there's yeah. nothing about that it game looked, I don't yeah. want. Yeah. So so probably Spider-Man, but then at the same time, I really like the Last of Us Two trailer and demo. Yeah. And if the game is like mm. that, I'm probably going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Do you want to take the next one? Oh sure. So uh, Anthony from the Video Game Crosstalk podcast he asks, uh, EA and Microsoft are scooping up indie studios. Any hopes for a growing middle range of games, or is big corporate bureaucracy going to smother out their creativity? A uh, good question. Um, yeah, I I like middle range games. Obviously, it's it's where I hang out most yeah. of my time. I'm 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 right in the Life is Strange Telltale market, and yes. uh, the Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. I think that's the name of the game. I screw it up every time. That was uh, yeah, that was a solid yeah. title. So I hope, but I I guess. It really depends on what kind of freedom Microsoft gives these companies. Like sometimes yeah. sometimes you buy a company and you're like, here's what we want you to make. Make us make us more battle royale games. And yes. sometimes you buy a company and you're like, Alright, well, I don't care what you make, it's just exclusive to us and you yeah. know, do do your thing. And so I don't know. I don't really know how mm. Microsoft is. I, there's not as many well, stories about them as there is for like a company like EA. Yeah, well that's exactly the point I was gonna make. That EA have the terrible reputation for buying a co- buying a company saying this is what you must do and then if they get it wrong they just shut that company down yeah. whereas i think and the, i think microsoft they tend to just be they will buy them up in order to give smaller studios the resources to make the best possible game but give them quite a fair bit of freedom and kind of the only caveat is that it tends to be an exclusive so i'd say a relatively good example of this would be cuphead i would say mhm like the studio remained quite indie, but Microsoft gave them a really big push, and and it became a very popular game. And it's only now, I think, I think it's just about to launch on PC. Yeah. Um, so I mean, so I I, I, I kind of hope we still get the mid range games. I mean, I I think yeah, I think we're much more likely to get them from Microsoft than we would be from an EA or Ubisoft. So or Def- Activision. Yeah, definitely. I got to point pick at Activision a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. So I I I think. Given that it's Microsoft and Microsoft just really wants the content and probably doesn't mm. want to micromanage uh, as much, yeah, then I think we're probably likely to still see a good a good mid range of games, you know. So yeah, here's ho- here's hoping, yeah, indeed. Okay, so John of the One Track Gamers and the One Track Punk Podcast, uh, relatively recent dad, so he's I don't know how the fact that he's, he's managing to get his questions is a, is a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so he starts off by saying, any games slash info that was announced that you weren't aware of, but is now on your radar? Um, I think Captain Spirit is probably up there for Yeah, me. Captain Spirit, no. I wasn't, it wasn't really, uh, on my radar at all. Or try- yeah, and then I'm, I'm trying to think, like, I, uh, to be brutally honest, I didn't watch the conferences because they're not, desi- they're designed for an American audience. They're, yeah, so and to, to be honest, I, I generally don't like to watch them because in, in an hour and a half conference... I, yeah. I will maybe see two or three games that interest me, and so it's just a big, colossal waste of time. Yeah, and I will say the conferences yeah, uh, were not that great this year. I actually did watch uh, the the Sony one, and I was yeah. watching it with a group of friends. And I remember we had a big discussion for about ten minutes of, so is the conference over or are they coming back out? Because I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I personally didn't watch it, but I know what you're alluding to, and I think most people said. The first half an hour was terrible, and then they kind of just pulled it back by just going, "Here's all the games." Yeah, um, it was. Uh, it's really peculiar. Um, yeah. So, 
I I don't I don't know if I have a good answer to John's question. I don't I don't really think that there is a yeah I yeah I I think yeah I think beyond Captain Spirit I um and yeah like I said I think the games that I was really looking at were games that had already been announced like I. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I can't. I just I question. can't think of a single example of a game being announced like I'd never heard of that before, and I didn't know what it was, but now it's awesome. Yeah, or a game that I had like, heard yeah. of but didn't think I was going to be into. I just Captain Spirit was the only yeah. surprise announcement that I was really yeah. gonna like. So, because yeah, on occasion there have been moments where I've seen headlines and it's this game has been announced and I've like jaws on the floor desperately trying to find a trailer. Like I think the best example of that in recent years is Uncharted Four. Because I was, I was pretty sure I thought that series was over, and then it was like, "Hey, we're doing a fourth one, and it looks incredible." And I kind of, so yeah. And I think a lot of the times with leaks these days, not much of E three is a surprise. Yeah, un- unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good yeah. thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and then his other question, which <laughs> it's a very, very good one. I've been racking my brains about this. Is uh, he says another question for you to go off on a tangent, which I'm sure we will. If you were to have a theme song, what would it be? Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. Ooh. I was not expecting a um, an answer so fast. <laughs> yep. No, I've given this some thought. Yeah. Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, this, this mine will only make sense. Have you seen the film Kingsman? Uh, I have not, Rick? no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> okay, there's a, there's a piece of music in that that is used in the bar fight for anyone that's seen that which I really enjoy because it just it, it hypes me up and fun fact was basically the main reason I managed to write my dissertation because I just listened to that on loop to kind of to block out external distractions and keep me motivated so uh, that would be my answer okay that, that's a fair uh, answer that's, that's a fair answer yeah yeah <laughs> uh, Kinetic says in remembrance of Vader the wrestler who we mentioned uh, earlier who are your top five big men in wrestling all right. So, do we uh, each have to make a top five, or do we collectively make a top? Well, I know nothing about. We'll, wrestling. we'll go collectively say, making was, a top five then. Um, yeah, because my, my my joke was just going to be like John Cena and The Rock for all of them. Yes. Yeah, so let's see. So, my big uh, men. So, uh, for, number one is Vader because yeah, um, he's he's first on my my mind, and he was also he was a for a big guy a phenomenal talent and, and really was able to do a lot of you know the high flying stuff. Yeah. He was able to do Vader salts, and he. Uh, great career in japan and i don't think he ever got used properly in the states unfortunately but great career in yeah. japan um let's think who else so i'm gonna go with earthquake because i liked earthquake and i, I thought he was a fun guy I'm trying to think of his real name john tenta is coming in my head but i don't think that's right and i'm not gonna google okay. it so yeah. i'm leaving this entirely oh so it's just me to come back. up with five big guy yeah. wrestlers okay uh yeah you know what? Next on my list, don't don't come at me here. Um, Rikishi, I liked Rikishi. I don't care what anyone else says. I liked him. He was fun to watch. The stink face was stupid, but I cheered for it more than once. So Rikishi, uh, Yokozuna, because at a time when wrestling really needed a big bad, he was the big bad, and and he provided that he provided that service to a lot of people and he he was the guy where it was just you know how are you going to body slam him how are you going to pick him up how are you going to do this and he put he put a lot of guys over as their big bad so that's yokozuna number four yeah um i'm trying to think would be a good number five um oh that's hard i'm trying i'm trying to because there's lots of big guys but like so many of them don't 
do an awful lot. So, you know what? No, here, I got my number five. Because this is, when I think of the big guy in wrestling, he's sort of the prototype that I always go back to in my head, and that's King Kong Bundy. Okay. So, so gonna... King Kong Bundy. All right, so you don't know any of these guys. No, no, um, no. So, that's my list. And since yep. you don't know anyone, that's <laughs> going to also be your list. Uh, yes, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, and ironically, this next question involves someone else that I had to Google. Uh, Brendan from Always Better Than Silence uh, asked, what do you think Mark Summers is doing right now? I hope he's safe and smelling nice. Well, And the kind of sa- the kind of sad fact is, is that I Googled him, I looked through his Wikipedia page, and apparently he has been quite ill in the last couple oh, of years. Oh no, that's, that's too bad. Yeah. I the, I don't know much about him. I know he used to host a show on it was either Travel or Food yeah, Network. It, um, yeah, it's it's in the Food Network. It seemed like he yeah he did stuff on like Nickelodeon and the Food yeah, and then of course everyone everyone remembers him from Double Dare. Uh, uh, the other thing I really know about him is that he has OCD, like really bad OCD. Yeah, that was the other thing I saw that, uh, in on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. I definitely have so. read articles and seen like some sh- some shows on him and like things like he has he has rugs. With fringe ends, um, and he will straighten the end of each rug because he can't function if uh, the if the the strands yeah. are touching each other. And so, I mean that, and that that's a hard yeah. thing to do because the problem with OCD is that it just it could take over, um, yeah, you know, definitely your time and your life, and and it's it's very to be able to manage it the way he did. I especially don't know how he managed to like host a show like Double Dare. I mean, yeah. it, it's it just kind of shows you like the degree to which he was able to manage it. But, I mean, mm. not to diminish it at all, because it's not like, oh, well, since you manage it, it's not a burden on you, because that's... Yeah, no, no not at all, just because we don't know what he's doing to manage it behind yeah, the scenes. That's, I think that's something we, we tend to do sometimes, though, is like, when, when you see somebody who's out there, and then you're like, oh, yeah. so therefore, your thing isn't really a thing. Like, no, it's still a thing. Yeah. It's just, you know, we don't you don't know how he's managing it, and you don't know what yeah. goes on behind closed doors. Yeah, and I think OCD ta- can tend to sometimes get trivialized. Like it's yeah. it's sometimes used as a term, and like say, oh yeah, I'm super organized. I have to do this, that, and the other. And it's like there are certain things that are more indicative of it, but to use the label is a little bit questionable. Yeah, b- people are very flip when they apply OCD to things. Like, oh, I'm a yeah. little OCD about that. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, just because you would prefer something a certain way is not the same thing as having obsessive compulsive disorder and not being able to function unless something is that way. Like that's. You know, don't yeah. don't make it seem like you know when else because then when somebody actually has OCD, then you've basically you've yeah. turned it into, you know, you've you've turned it into a joke, and that that bothers me. I see yeah. that done a lot, um, especially when it comes yeah. to uh, post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's because I really isn't. I, I'm a I'm yeah. a big advocate for veterans because we have a in, in this country we have a huge epidemic with veteran homelessness and yeah. veteran suicide. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, suicide every mm. seventy two minutes. So we've we've just about hit the point in our podcast where a veteran would have committed suicide. Not to bring it down, yes. but was, yeah, it's yeah, uh, I'm just checking the timestamp. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a hard thing to kind of wrap your head around and. Uh, what a lot of times happens is a lot of these veterans, the reason why people, they don't get help is because it's it's been so trivialized trivialized what they go through and what they experience that they don't, they yeah. don't you know, really get get the help they should have gotten in the first place. And, and some of that is some yeah. infrastructure and government issues, which, quite frankly, every president that I've ever seen campaign for the office of president in the history of my life has promised to fix and never has, so... Yeah, but now I don't think I, we're getting down the political road, and I don't want to get down there. Yeah, but. no, I, I, I think the only thing to say, and I think my 
I can't speak from a point of experience, but I will say from from what I have learned, and that I think it's also I think a lot of the reason the problem stems is that it was quite a recent development. Like it was only really post Vietnam. Mm-hmm. that it was taken more seriously as a problem and though on one hand Vietnam was almost 50 years ago in broad historical terms that's nothing that's only a couple of generations yeah. and I think that, that we're not fully understanding it like I think if we'd started to have a grasp on on PTSD by say after the first world war where it was at that point it was still called shell shock mm-hmm. I think things would be very different and there would be that better infrastructure yeah in place to yeah it, i mean it yeah. just it, it frustrates me a little bit you know especially it, yeah, you no, know when, when people like use nam flashbacks as a uh, as a joke or yeah. a punchline like you know that's that's not really a yeah. funny thing these people have have a uh, have a mental health issue that is just being mm. a joke and they're not getting help for it and it was one of the things that really yeah. bothered me about the punisher as a character in the comic books because in the comic books he was of course written back when nam flashbacks and ptsd were fun character motivators yeah and i was i was yeah. actually very super impressed when when punisher showed up in daredevil season two because they made a very explicit point that that is not do not do not put that yeah. on them and do not do not use me to to try to demonize yeah. those people and what they have i that is not me yeah. that is not my motivation here don't you do that to me and the fact that he yeah. was so adamant about it is, I think, probably part of the reason why this is the iteration of the character I like more than any other is because he straight up said, no, I'm I'm not just some PTSD veteran. Don't you make it seem like they're dangerous. Don't you put that on them. Don't you don't you put that yeah. burden on them that they're that they're me. I'm a different kind of monster. Yeah. So anyway, so wow. that was. Uh, wow. yeah. So Mark Summers, um. Yeah, I I, I also um, hope he's yeah. safe and smelling nice. Yeah, so yeah, so do I. Okay, yeah. so it's a it's a good discussion to have, but also kind of difficult to segue out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the No Time for Time Travel podcast ask, what are your opinions about the Oculus Go? I know Judge Greg hates VR, but I like hearing rants, and I just got one. Yeah, no, I hate VR. And uh, have I have I ever yeah. said on this podcast why I hate VR? Uh, not recently, and we podcast so infrequently that if you did, I've okay. forgotten. All right, so so here it goes. So here's go. why. Here's why I hate VR, and it's it's really simple. And I I I was in the Navy, as most people know, and yep. I one of the things that I did in the Navy is I was a lead instructor and technician on one of the trainers uh, that they used to like teach people how to, how to drive ships, and it was a virtual yep. reality trainer. So you would put on a VR helmet, and you would be able to like look yep. your head around and. You know, see see out in, into where you were and all the other ships that were out there, and then you have to like you had to give orders. And they had some really really bad voice recognition, but a good a good tech could kind of get around the voice recognition. But the limitations on the VR, and I'm not just saying like graphics wise, I'm saying the limitations yeah. in terms of how much it took you out of the reality of actually doing the thing we were training them to do was always a point yeah. of frustration. Things like. Um, looking at your stopwatch, which is a big deal when you're trying to drive a ship and like counting down and you want to try to, you know how fast you go. And so you know how, how much distance you close. So you want to keep track of that time, but you can't cause mm-hmm. you can't see your hands or your watch cause you're yeah. in a helmet. And you know, if you want to, if you wanted to pick something up and look at it closely, like you would be able to on a ship without a problem, you, you can't yeah. cause you don't have hands cause you're just wearing a helmet. No. And if you want to look at a computer yeah. screen, which has some information you need, you have to try to interact with the screen in such a way where you could bring it up and, and look at it closer because you can't just look at it like you normally would because you're wearing a VR helmet. So 
Mm. The whole experience of VR tends to take me out of it. And especially, and this is, I've actually seen people pass out. When you're wearing a VR yeah. helmet and you look down and you don't see the rest of your body down there. Yeah, no, a lot of people said that that's, your brain just panics because in the real world, that's not an experience that, you're, that you should ever see. Yeah, I saw somebody pass like, out. They looked down, they didn't see yeah. themselves, and they passed out. So yeah. and that's another thing you Good. don't generally have to worry about in real life. So mm. I generally find that that the VR takes me out of the experience because I'm now more focused on what I can't do that I would normally be able to do otherwise. Um, even things where yeah. if I have a controller in my hand and it's like push X, I'm like, I I don't really know which one's X. It changes depending on which controller I'm holding. So, yes. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. it just it's a different experience. And so I find that it just completely takes me out of it and I'm just more focused on the thing on my face rather than the game yeah. or the uh, the training I'm trying to experience. And so I just, I have no interest. I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, well, just just to give my view because um, I I try and kind of keep up with technology stories generally, but I was unaware, so I did a little bit of research. And just for our audience, um, Oculus Go is the kind of cable-free, quote unquote, uh, wireless uh, VR headset. So it's literally just a headset. It's like the um, not not um, so yeah, it's literally just a headset. All the processing power is in the headset. You don't need a high-end computer, and you don't have to slot your phone in. It's it's all self-contained. And kind of, I was reading a review, and the whole way this is marketed because it costs about two hundred dollars is that it's it's more powerful and more effective than a Google Cardboard, but it's it's nowhere near as expensive as an Oculus Rift. It's considered kind of this is the entry point for VR, and it'll make VR mainstream. And it's my thing. I, I've not not had much of an experience with VR. I did buy one of those Google cardboard headsets, and I mean those those are like ten bucks. Out. So I really can't fault you. Yeah, for that. exactly. And and it was it was good fun. It was a little bit obviously because like the technology is not like that is the cheap option. It doesn't work perfectly, but it's just the thing that worries me is that people are kind of they're waiting for this explosion of VR, and I honestly I I don't know whether we're gonna have that. Like, I kind of feel like if that was going to happen, it would have happened already. I I feel like VR is going to sort of go the way of the the 3D TV. That's that's kind of my gut feel on that. Yeah. And I I think at the moment, 4K is a little bit on the precipice of that. Like, it does look like the amount of 4K content is gradually increasing, like major broadcasters are backing it. Mm-hmm. Like it's a silly thing, but it was just an, just announced that the BBC is broadcasting Wimbledon uh, tennis yeah. in 4K. So it's like when you're getting mainstream uh, free broadcasters backing a format, um, that's a good sign. So I think 4K. I might mean, be I think okay, 4K. But, yeah. And the reason why I think 4K is here to stay is because when you go to the store these days, ninety nine percent of the TVs that are available, the new ones, are 4K, and they're yeah. actually. They're not all that expensive. I was seeing. Yeah, they have. They have now come. Down. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen 4K TVs for the same price that I bought. You know, my my 720p TVs when I got them. So, I, yeah. and I I think that's really sort of another thing is it, it has to be embraced by the mainstream media and it has to be cost yeah. effective. You know, no nobody's going to buy a TV for eight hundred dollars just for the just for the uh, the yeah. novelty of it. But well, it's, yeah. it's like the whole thing of that's why the. PlayStation 3 was so expensive at launch because it had a Blu-ray drive. Oh, yeah. But at the, at the time when it came so- out, it was literally the cheapest Blu-ray, Blu-ray player on the yeah. market. And, and of course, yeah. now Blu-ray players are like 50 bucks, so you just... Yeah. But- and I was reading that I think the only... Apparently, the only reason... Um, 
the, the Blu-ray won out in the format war with HD DVD is that it was backed by Sony and also apparently because it was backed by the pornography industry. Oh, well, there you go. So that's... that's I, uh, the, the, there's a, fun yeah. fact, Nick. I actually uh, have an HD DVD player. Oh, God. And have you got any HD DVDs? I have, I have three, I think. I have... Uh, oh, which, which uh, are? 300. Uh, King Kong, which uh, came with the HD DVD player. Yeah. And Batman Begins. Fair enough. But then, uh, so I bought I it from Best Buy. So this was actually kind of cool. So I bought it from Best Buy, and then you know when when it, they announced like when when Blu-ray won the war, uh, I yeah. actually I got a uh, I got a, a gift card and I think it was a fifty dollar gift card from Best Buy as sort of your consolation yeah. prize for sorry you backed the wrong horse. Yes. Yeah. But they, but it did. It was very nice. Is I got, a, I got a fifty dollar gift card from Best Buy when, uh, when they discontinued use of the HD DVDs, and so I, yeah. I actually used that, and uh, I think I had some other gift cards and some of my uh, President Bush, uh, stimula, economic stimuli oh, yeah. check. Yeah. yeah, when he just sent checks yeah. to everybody. I say him yeah. like it was just personally him, and it, but you know that's what. Oh no! Yeah, no. He, he, he signed. Everyone. He signed everyone personally, but yeah. So I used those. I used uh, my stimuli check and the gift card, and I bought a PlayStation yeah. Three with it. So it, it worked out in the end. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah, that's I, why I, I, I always thank President Bush for my PlayStation Three because I wouldn't. I would not have gotten it without that check. Has your PlayStation Three got mission accomplished written on it? Yes, it does. Mission mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got way more oh, political than we intended to on this one. <laughs> That's such a dated reference. It as is. Well. It is such a dated reference, but it's it's. I I still kind of like it. It's still. Fu- I mean, even though it's yeah. it's often misunderstood, it's still funny. Yeah. And so I'm okay with it. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So yeah. that's um. So yeah. Uh, I forgot yeah. where we were going with this. I think we were talking about like TVs and, and VR. VR. Yeah. So yeah. I don't like VR. I think 4K is here to stay because when I go to buy the, my next TV, 4K is going to have to be what I pick because that's what's in the stores. Yeah. Definitely. See, I'll briefly say, like, I'm glad to a degree that VR is becoming more affordable and more high-quality but entry-level products exist, but I don't think it's really going to go anywhere. But, yeah, that probably just about wraps up this episode. We have been rambling on for an hour and a wow. half. Uh, so, uh, yeah, good yeah. hour and a half of content from us, so there you go. Yeah, so it, it, is, it is kind of our rule that when we have a big hiatus, we do try and run episodes a little bit longer. Yep. Um, so yeah if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter you can follow us at GWBpod uh, if you want to email us you can email us at GWBpodcast at gmail.com you can follow us uh, you can follow me on Twitter I am at another GMG blog uh, Greg where can people find you? alright so if you want to find me on Twitter I am at Judge Greg is Law and if you follow my other podcast Hero Talk it is at Real Hero Talk you can also check out my contact at enthusiacs.com and we're on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, all under the keyword Enthusiax. Yep, and lastly, you may see both Greg and I in a couple of years' time when we are part of the 101st Airborne Space uh, <laughs> Space Corps Division. Yes, go Space Force. Yes, Space Force. Hoorah! <laughs> Uh, thank you very much to our lovely and patient community um, we will hopefully be back a bit more regularly uh, to be brutally honest my life is a little bit up in the air right now understood so yep. I can't guarantee well, what I'm going to be doing but we will try um, I probably will end up doing what I normally do which is guests on other people's podcasts me and Greg might have a chat we might try and sort out doing a hero talk or something so I might disappear completely 
but we will see you all at some point in the near future. So goodbye for now. Goodbye.